Welcome to a brand new episode of the Bull Take Podcast, NFL edition. I'm Austin Waiter. You know this man next to me, the man who is fighting for his Bears to get that seventh seed in the playoffs, the Austin Hill. Honestly, I want the Bears to win out because I'm a Bears fan, and it, you're only a, you're a fake fan if you want the Bears to lose out and have two really good draft picks. But I wouldn't be mad if we didn't make the playoffs and we had good draft picks. Um, it's really a win-win for me right now. I'd rather see us in the playoffs yeah. because I'm a real fan. But I, I, I'm, I'm okay either way. Yeah, I mean, how many times do you get the number one pick and still make the playoffs? Yeah. That that takes talent. I'm not going to lie. And a lot of things would have to go wrong for y'all not to have that number one pick. So Yeah, yeah it would start with the Panthers having to win three games. And that's just not going to happen. Three of their last four games. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Um, but no, NFL episode here before that. The episode you've all been waiting for, bowl game bonanza out now. Give that give that episode a listen. Man, oh man, forty I think it's 40, 43 bowl games we picked. Man, it was it was a lot. Plus, it was fun le- learning about some of the businesses that are hosting these. Um, and honestly, just having a good time picking bowl games. I don't know how how else to describe it. I think it was a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it every year. Yeah, it's a treat. It's always fun to do. You were spot on. It was forty three games that we picked. Wow, um, that was just a guess. I am. I knew there. I just guessed forty, and I was like, well, they're the playoff game, semifinals, and the national championship. So I was like forty three. Yep, that's forty three. Um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, nice emotional farewell to the college football season at the end of the episode. Uh, stick around for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was overall a fun, fun episode. I, I love, uh, doing all the stuff with college football and obviously the bowl games, uh, a special treat to really top off the season. Yeah. But don't forget, we will have our team and player of the year picks and our all time bowl take team for this year. Yeah. So give, get ready for both of those. Those will come out after the season, but this is NFL and Austin, I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of stuff happened this weekend in the NFL. I don't know if you heard it, but a lot of stuff happened. Oh, no, I wasn't paying any attention. (laughs) But anyway, well, I hope you're paying enough attention for our first category as always. We have our biggest winner and loser. Austin, who's your biggest winner from this past weekend in the NFL? Let's start there. This is a a bit of a tough one. Uh, I'm going to avoid saying the Bears here, and I'm going to go with the New York Jets. Um, you know, I don't know if it means much in terms of playoff hopes for them, um, but they get a big win over uh, a quality uh, Texans team. Um, I, th- I They really got out to a good start and just kind of suffocated them. Um, but it seems like Zach Wilson's always due to do that in his first game uh, after coming off the bench. Uh, yep. He seems to have a decent performance, and then it simply goes downhill from there. Uh, but it certainly didn't help uh, the Texans that C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell are injured. Um, so hopefully that gets resolved. But I still think the Jets had a phenomenal performance against a playoff caliber team um, to keep some hope. Yeah, some, some hope's the right word. For me, staying in the AFC, someone with the Buffalo Bills. Man, oh man, they needed it and they capitalized, Austin. We're going to talk a little bit about that game, correct? Yes, we are. Don't okay. oh, don't worry. I, after after all that came out about that ending, we we were talking Good, about it because uh, things need to be said. Yeah, things need to be said. Like some people are just not smart. Um, but yeah, Bills got a huge win there. Keep their playoff hopes alive. Um, they don't have long to celebrate it because they're going to play another really good team this weekend. Well. Another team's coming to really good teams coming to Buffalo to face them this weekend. Well, more on that one in a bit. 
But what about your biggest lose loser, Austin? There's a lot of good choices for that one too. Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna go to um, I'm gonna go to the Detroit Lions here. That's fair. Uh, I really don't know what they're doing right now. Um, they're kind of hitting a rough patch, and uh, it's just been turnovers is really the driving force behind what's going on to them. Uh, I mean, we're talking about facing uh, the Bears twice, having a ton of turnovers, and should be on two really against the Bears. Um, so something's going on right now. Uh, it's not great. Not a great streak for them right now. Uh, may, hopefully they get it figured out for playoff time because it's extremely unlikely that they drop, um, this playoff spot or this, uh, division yeah. title, um, that they've got in their hands. So hopefully they get it figured out for playoff time, but yeah, I, they just have looked like a shell of their former selves. Yeah. And you look at their final four games, two of them against the Vikings, one against the Cowboys and then the Broncos. Uh, this Saturday. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. That's a tough final four games. But anyway, my biggest uh, loser, man, oh man, a lot of good options. Uh, but it had to be the Miami Dolphins. Had to be the Miami Dolphins for this one. Um, a heartbreaking loss. And not only that, just you wonder about the severity of Tyree Kill's injury he got in that game. Jalen Waddle got injured. Starting center got injured. I mean, it just looked like everything was going good. They would have won. They would have been tied with the Ravens for the number one seed. Now it's just kind of crashed down. Plus, not many times has a team, you know, blown a 14-point lead in the final four minutes, Austin. Yeah. Uh, they went from giving you one of the most unlikely covers of all time for your bet of the week. Yeah. To I was like, this is the Dolphins that I was expecting to see all year. But, uh, you know, you talk about it and uh, – Really, the whole issue was that um, no team had ever, or well, not ever, but since what 2016, it's like 700 and something games, yeah, uh, had ever won after being down 14 in the last three minutes. And this team gets the job done uh, for the first time since 2016. But uh, I mean, this was uh, a great performance. I watched this game because I had uh, fantasy points on the line that I was hoping to pull off, and <laughs> it didn't quite work out that way. Um, but I mean, this was in really an exhilarating performance from Will Levis. Uh, you know, and really the the hole they got into was really his fault. Uh, he had that fumble on the. That was a terrible. Loss, yeah, that was terrible. Um, that put this team down 14, set up an easy uh, touchdown to put this team down 14 and to come out there, respond, and get two touchdowns in a crucial moment. Absolutely heads-up play by Mike Vrabel to go for two on the first attempt. Yeah. Um, so to set them up in a, a really perfect spot. Um, but boy, oh boy, it was a resounding effort. This defense looked great. Harold Landry finally getting back into – uh, form, you know, missed all of last year due to that season-ending injury. Yep. And, you know, he hadn't looked the same this season. But at the end of that game was affecting Tua. Sacked him two or three times at the end of the game. Absolutely phenomenal performance by Harold Landry. This Titans team finally got it going. It, it feels a little too too late. But at the same time, when you're looking towards the future with a guy like Will Levis, this is a great building block win for them. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and they're not out of it yet. Five and eight, they're still technically in contention, but a lot of things would need to go their way. Yeah. But a big thing we're going to talk about the playoff picture, Austin. Uh, and I'm, before we get into that, we're going to talk about games, but I just have to throw this fact out to you. We're entering week 15. Austin, I don't know if you're ready for this. 30 teams 
out of 32 are still alive to make the playoffs. Wow. Entering week 15 of the NFL season, 30 teams can still make the postseason. So who's out? Panthers and? The Patriots. Patriots. Only two that are out right now. The rest of them, even the Cardinals, still have a path where they can make the playoffs. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it is insane. But we're going to talk about some of these games that occurred. Um, we'll just quickly acknowledge what happened on Thursday night. Um, um, you know. Um, a game was played. Yeah. That, it, yeah. Um, honestly, I I don't know what to expect from the Steelers. This is a game, you know, the only thing I'm going to say, they played a four-game stretch of two backup QBs in the division and then two teams with double-digit losses. They came out of that one and three. That You cannot come out of that stretch one and three. No, you can't. And, yep, here, it, yeah, here they are. No Kenny Pickett's still out. Mitchell Trubisky's going to start against the Colts pretty much in a playoff eliminator. Um, yeah, I, I ain't got a lot of hope left for the season. That's why I'm going to watch the Razorback basketball game instead. That's fair. Um, I will say thanks to the Steelers uh, for locking up the number one pick for the Bears all but. Um, hey, those, hey, we got you. We yeah, got you. Those two crucial losses. It was a, really Mitch is a bear for life. That's what it was all about. Um, really, those two losses to those double-digit teams really helped put a big gap between the Panthers and anybody else. Um, so hopefully uh, that locks it up for us. It could use another Panthers loss this weekend to keep hopes high. Yeah, I was about to say, Pan- Panthers lost might all but seal it officially. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's get to talking about some of these games. And man, oh man, what a battle we had between the Ravens and the Rams. 37-31, Ra- Ravens get the win there. Punt return by Tylen Wallace in overtime to walk it off. But credit to the Rams. The Rams m- made this a super competitive game and really had a really great chance at winning this game outright and really making a statement to the NFC. Yeah, uh, it was a, certainly a great performance. And, um, you know, there wasn't a lot to expect from the Rams this year, in my opinion, after trading away Jalen Ramsey and, you know, starting to kind of embrace the hole that they've dug themselves in. But uh, wins like this certainly help keep you competitive, um, even if you find yourself, you know, in a bad spot down the stretch. Winning games is winning games. So no matter how the roster's built or what your draft status looks like, uh Winning games helps out uh, tremendously. So they look competitive. Um, they're still right in the thick of it for a playoff spot. So uh, this definitely sent a message. But uh, how many times uh, – what, that's the second punt, walk-off punt return in this, overtime this season? Yeah, because first one was the Jets uh, on Monday night. I'd love won. to know what the record for that walk-off uh, punt return touchdowns are uh, in an NFL season because two feels like a lot. Yeah, uh, it does. I'll I'll get our analytics guy on that. Yeah, because that's that's a ton. Yeah, I need access to ESPN and all their stats because I you can't just look this stuff yeah. up on the. Internet. I feel like we would have more use with ESPN's analytics stuff than they actually yeah, do. I mean, I'd love to know how many how many seasons have multiple walk off punt return touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me too. But uh, the Ravens, looking at it from their perspective. Another win keeps them in first place, and due to some losses, they were able to maintain first in the AFC. And in the AFC, where there's still a ton of teams up for grab, and it seems like no one wants that number one seed. Uh, it seems like the Ravens are the ones that really want it. Yeah, they keep getting the job done, even in the close, uh, tough matchups. This team finds a way to get it done, whether it be the offense, the defense, or the special teams. And I think that's what makes this team so dangerous. You know, we were just talking about Washington and how dangerous they've become 
being a balanced team. And that's the kind of same stuff we're seeing from the Ravens. Um, and, you know, the big talking point after Mark Andrews went down was Lamar Jackson's top target goes down. What does he do now? What does he do now? He spaces the ball out, finds each and every receiver down the field, and this team's passing offense might be better without Mark Andrews. I'm sure they'd love to have him, but Lamar Jackson's having to look elsewhere, and he's finding guys, and they're making big plays. Uh, I mean, we're talking about it. Oda Beckham Jr. finally stepping up into his role. Rashad Bateman finally looking good uh, as a receiver. And, boy, if he can keep playing like this, that pick will really look a whole lot better. And Zay Flowers obviously having some big games as of late. So I really like the way the Ravens are headed. They definitely look like they're uh, gearing up for a Lombardi run right now. I don't like you saying that. I don't like you saying that at all, sir. Yeah, hey, I'm just I'm just saying, calling it like I see it. Yeah, um, but we're going to try something new here, Austin. This is going to be something fun I thought of as an idea. Okay. So the games that we're not going to really discuss, I'm going to give you one sentence to talk about the games. Okay. That we're going to to go over the rest of the games. We're going to obviously talk about two more with the Bills beating the Chiefs and then uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles. But the first one, Buccaneers beat the Falcons 29-25. Three-way tie now for the top of the NFC South. Does anyone want to win that division? One sentence to describe this game. Go. Win already. (laughs) Win already. to anybody in the NFC South. Just win it already. Yeah. Anybody can win this division. Nobody is. I'm sorry. I went over my sentence. Can't believe you are. He already, he already fit. Already he already fit. You'll have to interpret my sentence however it is. They're all going to be cryptic. Um, yeah. Um, this is this is going to be a historic division for not good reasons. So, yeah. Make sure you tune in for the ending because it's going to be wild. Um, but anyway, besides that, Tampa Bay win, like I said, three-way tie. This one should be easy for you. Bears. Upsetting the Lions 28-13, to 13, keeping the playoff hopes alive. Let's see if you can get this one in one sentence. Yay. <laughs> Duh, Bears. That's mine. That's how I do it. Duh, Bears. Uh, but, uh, no, actually looking at it, I mean, tough loss for the Lions, but we already hinted at it. But uh, the Lions, not an easy schedule left. and The Packers and Vikings are only like two, three games behind them. So, I mean, they're so possibly they could win this division. Yeah, absolutely. Next one, Bengals dominate the Indianapolis Colts. Um, not going to lie, did not see this coming at all. One sentence if you could describe this one for Bengals and Colts. What's happening in the AFC? <laughs> I think you could use that for pretty much every AFC game. Um, yeah, my question, my only thing I'll say is uh, shout out Jake Browning. Uh, that's my one sentence, and then not going along with that, he's looked really good for yes, them. So. Um, not as good as a certain other QB um, that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, Browns with Joe Flacco leading the way somehow, some way. And shout out to Trevor Lawrence for making it through this game with like a high sprain, with a high sprained ankle. Um, they beat the Jags 31-27. Browns 8-5. and five. Jaguars down to 8-5. and five. One sentence if you could describe this one, I guess. There's just something about Joe Flacco, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I trust this Joe Flacco I, yeah, guy. I just trust this Joe Flacco guy. I'm glad you got the right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I've seen, I saw that at least 10 plus times on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing I'll add to it is, uh, yeah, you, I would have preferred CJ Beathard. That's all I had. Yeah. I wanted CJ, the Iowa. 
<laughs> Iowa legend. Give me the Iowa legend, CJ Beathard. Um, this one should be real quick. Saints beat the Panthers 28 to 6. Yay. <laughs> um, disgusting. Just disgusting football, but the Bears keeping that number one pick in control. I think that's the only thing I got to say. Jets behind a phenomenal performance by Zach Wilson. Yep, those are sentences that don't really go together. Um, defeat the Texans 30-6. to Technically keep their playoff hopes alive, and the Texans currently in the hunt right now at 7-6. and One sentence for this. What do you got to say? I hate to see it for the Texans. Uh, I, I really think injuries played a big part in this one. Yeah, no Tank Dell. Uh, TJ Stroud got injured. Can we talk about the fact, and just off topic uh, with the one sentence thing, we talk about the fact that the over-under on this game was 33 and a half, and it was 0-0 at halftime, and the over hit. That, that is a disappointment. That is a disappointment, and yeah. But the Texans still are far from out of the playoff race, so you never know. Next one we're going to talk about. This one, again, should be real quick. Vikings beat the Raiders 3 to nothing. You got the floor um, for this one. I, uh, I'll just say one thing. Uh, okay, yeah, there, that's my one sentence. Yucky. Uh, yeah, yucky. I think you, I like how you're taking my one sentence and it's going to one word to describe some yeah, of them. Yeah, some of them, I mean. I mean, so, I, mean I don't blame you because I, I think that's a fair analogy for that. Um yeah, it was disgusting enough that Josh Dobbs has been benched and the legend Nick Mullins is going to take over as the Vikings star QB. Off topic from the one sentence thing, do you think this is the right move for the Vikings? Uh, yeah, I think that their offense has looked a lot poor as of late with Josh Dobbs. Uh, kind of once, I mean, really, Josh Dobbs was kind of figured out. He was just doing a lot of improvising with his legs. It's fair. And now you saw the Bears put a good contain on him. Montez Sweat got in there, who's made a massive difference on the Bears' defense, top five defense since he's uh, joined the team, um, for those of you who hated on it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it just seems like everybody's figuring out Josh Dobbs, keep him contained in that pocket, and he kind of struggles. I think, at least with Nick Mullins, it's a new look for defenses, and at the very least, it'll take a small amount of time to adjust. Yeah, agreed. The next one, Niners defeat the Seahawks without, without Geno Smith. Uh, 28 to 16. Okay. I think it's the right way to describe it. They didn't have Gino to the, so that doesn't really surprise me that they didn't win this game. Yeah. Uh, I, I would put it as unfortunately expected. Um, yeah, this Seahawks team could be competitive, but fortunately not currently, uh, there are just too much injuries. Yeah. And that NFC, they can still make it in, but a lot of things still have to go their way. And then the last one from the afternoon that we'll talk about. Broncos beat the Chargers 24-7. My sentence, you can fire Brandon Staley now because Herbert's out for the year. Yeah, uh, no hope. <laughs> no, no hope. Uh, Broncos country, you're still alive. Yeah, somehow. let's ride. Um, then we'll real quick, we already talked about Titans, Dolphins. Um, let's talk about the Giants upsetting the Packers, a Packers team that was undefeated in December under Matt LaFleur. So, um, my one sentence, Tommy DeVito. That's my one sentence. Uh, yeah, my one sentence is going to be um, yeah, stats that exist but don't matter. Uh, and that would be in reference to undefeated. <laughs> um, 
well, not anymore, but it was a stat that existed that didn't matter. I'm glad the Giants got it done so I don't have to hear about it anymore. Yep, Even though I still had to hear about it. I saw somebody say Matt LaFleur's 16-1 and in December on Twitter. Oh, you can't say that just after that. It, you can't say it after it. that. Yeah, it makes me sick to my stomach. It's actually unbelievable. It'd be different if he won the last game, but it's like he's 16. Oh, hey, I'm saying he's 16 and one. He just lost. Get out of here. Get out of here. Lost. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Get, get out of here. All right, but now let's talk about our main two from Sunday. Bills and Chiefs. The Bills beating the Chiefs 20 to 17. Keeping their hopes alive for the playoffs. I already hinted at that. But let's talk about that ending with the questionable. If for some reason some are calling it questionable. Um, it's not. Yeah. Uh, it was offsides. Yeah. Um, anyway, the questionable thing, my, uh, the offsides called on Kadarius Tony on a lateral play by Travis Kelsey. And then Patrick Mahomes going into a rant, trying to go after the referee, and then saying this affected Travis Kelsey's legacy and his Hall of Fame career. Um, and then the Chiefs are complaining about, well, it rarely is called. Well, guess what? It was called. Austin, you had a great rant on this on Twitter. You have the floor, sir. Yeah, uh, so let's just lead with it. Um, start with the very beginning. Um, the the argument, and uh, if you watch part of my take, they've certainly helped me uh, form my argument here. So I'll give a shout-out to them really quick, Big Cat and uh, PMT. Yep. I'll really get into it. Didn't that guy drink his own um, pee? <laughs> he may or may not. I drink his own tea. Uh, remains to be seen. Um, but what what uh, what they kind of said was, uh, and I've, I have a similar viewpoint on this. No one is saying that he wasn't offsides. That's my biggest yeah, issue. Yeah. No one is saying that he wasn't offsides. They're just saying that you shouldn't call that there, which is not what you expect an official to do. You expect the official to make the call at the right time. Every time. And another thing that comes from part of my take, they said that um, a big argument is they never call this. Um, over the last two years, they called it one time two years ago, twice last year. It's already was called 11 times before this this year. So people should know not to do it. It's been called 11 times this year. Clearly, there was an effort yep, to make exactly. that call. Um, then we get into Patrick Mahomes' uh, baseless rant. Uh, it starts after the game with Josh Allen. Yep. Worst call you've ever seen. What? Mother, have yeah. you watched football? And um, and also what? Yeah. yeah, and also what are you doing? You know, Josh Allen. Them aren't talking about it. He wasn't talking about other stuff. Whenever they lose, they you say good game. You don't tell them, hey, good game. And you're like, yeah, worst call I've ever seen by a mile. No, that's not how you do it. Yeah, it's not how you do it. And again. It wasn't a bad call. It's the, pro- the the biggest issue we have to get out of the way is this was not a bad call. No. For he, once, the officiating crew in the NFL made made the right call. He was offsides. Uh, I mean, you can't argue that. He was offsides. You can't call it a bad call. Maybe you didn't like the call, but it's not a bad call. That is a baseless statement. That means absolutely nothing. Um, and then you have Patrick Mahomes saying, uh, things in the press are like it affects Travis Kelsey's legacy. Yes, one lateral play at the end of a regular season yeah. game completely changes Travis yeah. Kelsey's outcome. I will say, um, before that game, he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. With that play being taken away, I can still say he will be a first ballot Hall of yeah, Famer. I, I just don't <laughs> entirely um, get that statement. Uh, I think coming for the officials is just disrespectful and wrong. And my biggest, my absolute biggest thing is Travis Kelsey, or not Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes said, and I quote, the play had no, him being offsides had no impact on the play. 
I beg to differ because who scored that touchdown? Who scored that touchdown? Oh, uh, I think it was, yeah, Tony. yeah. I think Kadarius Tony scored that touchdown. Yeah, because Travis Kelsey lateral it to him, and it was an insane play. Yep. Um, I'm not saying that the offsides had any effect on the play, but I'm just saying the guy who was offsides scored the touchdown. Yeah. Um, I think you can directly see a correlation to being offsides and scoring a wide open touchdown because nobody's on you because you got a head start. Um, I don't know really. It really comes down to this. The Kansas City Chiefs are not the same level of competitiveness. Um, But I will give it this. They're trying to be professional. They're not turning on their guy in the locker room. They're not saying, even though this is the truth, Kadarius Toney is absolutely selling this team this year. Um, They're trying to be professional about it. And by trying to be professional, they go out on a limb and And blame everything else. I get what you're trying to do. You're not trying to attack your teammates. Um, but the better thing to say is, yeah, we made a mistake. we got to work on that in practice and clean it up. Um, nobody's innocent of, you know, not making mistakes. Nobody's perfect. It just happened to be this guy in this situation. That's the better way to look at it. Um, it really comes down to a team that's not the same level of competitiveness that it's been in the in years past, yep. and they're looking for any excuse uh, besides themselves because uh, they just can't admit to it. Um it's really a disgusting display. Um, I, I, I truly can't believe that um, they're spewing this um, propaganda is the best way I can put it. Um, it. They're just stating things that are clearly not true. It's not a bad call. It's not the wrong call. And uh, it did the if they had not made that call, it has a massive impact on the game. Guy who's offside scores the touchdown. Um, if Travis Kelsey misses the Hall of Fame for this, then we have a lot to reconsider. Yeah, I think we should be yelling more. Yeah, for the hall for the Hall of Fame voters, that's the thing I would take away from. It's like you're not going to pick him because of that. Come on. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. Um, sure, all time great play, all time fun play to watch. Travis Kelsey is always a guy to watch out for on those laterals. He loves yeah. making that kind of play. Um, but this didn't. This was not make or break for Travis Kelsey. This was make or make or break for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and I just you know I'm not going to lie. You can call me. Um, rude for saying this, but this is to me is the first time Patrick Mahomes doesn't get a call that goes his way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's basically what I treated it as more than anything. Like he realized Andy Reid handled it more professionally than Patrick's did. I've still, he still was wrong saying, you know, that the call shouldn't have been made. They don't usually call that when they've literally have increased the calling of it, but this is Patrick, a guy. And also you speaking of part of my take, they mentioned, didn't he have a questionable call go his way that determined the Super Bowl? Yeah. Um, again, you know, you can get ticky tacky, like you like like you said there, and like they said on the podcast. If you want to start getting ticky tacky and start talking about, you know, it was a penalty, but it shouldn't have been called, then go back to the Super Bowl because those were two guys hand fighting. And sure, it probably is defensive yeah. holding. Holding in the middle of a game, absolutely. But with a Super Bowl on the line, everything on the line. We're, yeah. we're saying that same thing. Maybe maybe you shouldn't make that call. But, yeah, as, as a guy who's benefited from uh, several um, questionable calls down the stretch uh, that have directly impacted his legacy, uh, I think it's important to, to mention that you can't start saying you can't make this call in this situation because that if that's the case, this guy has one Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, absolutely right there with you. And honestly – 
you know, I mean, that one Super Bowl after that, I mean, you wonder because you wonder. There was a I, massive penalty down the stretch of that game. Yeah, I was about to say. I was pass interference way I, down the field. I was trying to think. I, in my head, I was like, I want to say there was a big was penalty. Richard that, Sherman on Tyreek Hill, if I'm correct. That's what it, yes, yes, thank you. Tyreek Hill tripped and they threw a flag. Yes, thank you. I knew there was one in that game. I just couldn't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, anyway, for the Bills, looking at it from this perspective. Kittle up the field. Yes, and they, for the slight shove off at the end of the first half when he didn't even push off all at all. That's yeah. that's the main one I was thinking of. I knew there was something. Thank, thank you. This is why you're here to help remind me of that stuff. Along with yeah. you know, I guess I guess be a part of the show yeah. too. You know. <laughs> um, but anyway, for the Bills, this is this is huge. We already hinted at it. A huge win keeps their playoff hopes alive. Now they got to host Dallas the next week, so this is part of a big stretch. Yeah, uh, this is uh, a big turnaround, and obviously um, it didn't start the right way. Uh, a tough loss against Philadelphia, but imagine. They played Philadelphia one well, probably should have won that game. Gabe Davis has got to yeah. catch that ball at the end of the game. Probably should have won that game. They beat Kansas City. This is a team that nobody wants to play in the postseason right now. I'm yeah. going to say it. They're 7-6, and six, but they really should be 8-5 and five right now. This yeah. is a team I do not want to play. And for. really – Honestly, maybe nine and four if you include that Broncos thing at the yeah. end. So yeah, I mean, who knows? And maybe you don't lose to a Patriots team that's three and ten currently. You're not even in the conversation for that, and you might be competing for a division title with the Miami Dolphins right now. I, so I completely agree. I, I think right now this is a dangerous team. Yeah, I think everyone's rooting for the Cowboys to get it done honestly this weekend to try to. I'm not, but I, I'm I'm not rooting for it either. But I'm I'm not going to lie to you. But the last game we're going to cover, Cowboys and Eagles. Sunday night was a big game, and let's be honest, uh, never was close. Never was close. Dallas dominated from the get-go. Um, what more can you say about the Cowboys right now? Getting a leg- legitimate win. You you talked about it last week about how they had looked good, but they hadn't gotten a win against a legitimate team. Now, here they are getting a big win against a legitimate team. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, this this is a great performance by, by them to go out and shut down the Eagles and do what they've done best, play some great defense, absolutely just playing phenomenal defense, and Dak really having a great game. It's hats off to the Cowboys. I don't like giving them a lot of Me neither. I don't like Me neither. them, but they're playing well. And on the other hand with the Eagles, uh, boy, oh, boy, my big thing with the Eagles is that, and I talked about this last week uh, in the 49ers game, you know, they've had a lot of ugly – wins and getting the job done is getting the job done but against these better teams you got to start cleaning it up and I thought that it would be a wake-up call against the Niners wake up hey we struggled um but that's what I thought too now we can start to pick it up here as we get into some better competition you know we're a better team we can start to show out but that clearly wasn't the case and it starts to open up some questions on if this offense can pick up we know that these guys are capable um, we've seen what this offense is capable of doing. They went to the Super Bowl last year, but it's all about getting in stride, and they're just turning the ball over too much right now. Yeah, and really just no cohesion on that offense at all either. Um, just nothing's clicking for them like it was last year. I mean, A.J. Brown's having a sideline fit every two or three games. You didn't see that at all last year with him at all. Yeah, and I don't know what the deal is. Like He knew coming into it that this is going to be a good receiving room, and um, you know, he still had phenomenal games to, uh, this entire season. So, and literally, he had nine catches, not ninety-four yards in this game. Had a couple receptions in other games. I mean, yeah, I don't know what else to tell you, dude. Plus, also, this is a ground-heavy attack. You should have known that coming in with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback that it was going to be run first, pass second. 
That's what it, that's what it should be known. And he's still getting the first look on that crowd. Yeah, but the big thing for the Eagles, you're still ten and three, and because of some rule, I think it is with overall um, division or like NFC record of opponents, they went out. They'll still clinch the NFC. NFC East, as far as I know. So you went out, you're playing, you're playing the Giants twice and the Cardinals. That's your three final ones. But the one final hurdle you got to get over, I think, to have a chance that you have to beat the Seahawks in Seattle on Monday Night Football this week. That to me is their last real test. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, if Tommy DeVito keeps on going off, maybe the Giants. Maybe. Um, but I'm I'm not I'm not keeping my hopes up for that. But now let's get into talking about the playoff picture picture and man oh man let's do the nfc first and get out of the way because my goodness the afc is um is a fiasco the nfc right now cowboys currently in the lead in the nfc east now second seed overall the lions the three seed still tampa bay takes the four seed with their win over the falcons eagles the five vikings the six still a seven and six and the packers despite their loss are the seventh at six and seven but man, oh man, several teams. The NFC race has gotten a bit more interesting. You also have the Rams, the Seahawks, Falcons, and Saints all at six and seven. The Giants, the Bears, five and eight. Really, that's it. The Commanders technically still have a shot, but I don't see it happening. I don't Those are the only other ones I see with Jimmy happening. But right now, I mean, you look at it, the amount the, with how tight it is, the Bears and the Giants, who you know, the Giants do play the Saints this weekend. And the Bears, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they play the Browns, if I'm correct. The Bears do play the Browns. Um, those are two games. They win those, and a couple of those six and seven teams lose and don't go their way. You guys are right in the thick of it for that playoff race. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts about this as we're coming down to the wire as really six through all the way up to maybe 13 on the outside of the playoff picture uh, is really neck and neck? Yeah, uh, it's really exciting um, to be a Bears fan personally just because, um, like I was kind of stating earlier, it, it's a win-win situation in my opinion for how this season could finish. But this team seems to be finding its stride uh, right at the right time. Uh, comparatively, you see a lot of teams losing a lot of games down the stretch here. And, you know, all the Bears really need is everybody to kind of fall off and the Packers to lose one game. You play the Packers to close out the season. Yep. Um, it, it really could be uh, interesting to clinch that playoff spot. Um, I'm excited. Really, everybody in the NFC, it's it's gotten a lot tighter. We were talking a couple weeks ago about how there weren't a lot of teams in contention. Right, right. But with the way teams are starting to drop games in the NFC, let some teams back into it. Boy, oh boy, we could have an interesting situation where Tommy DeVito and Justin Fields are fighting for playoff spots right now. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that's the case. I, I need Tommy DeVito in the playoffs. If if the Sewers don't make it, I want Tommy DeVito to make it. That's so what I'm saying. Illinois legend Tommy DeVito. Yep, Illinois legend Tommy DeVito. Um, but that's the NFC. The AFC, going to take a deep breath because this is going to go by really fa- fast in a lot of names. Ravens 10-3, Dolphins 9-4, and four. Chiefs and Jaguars are 8-5. and five. And I know you're thinking, why is that a big deal? Browns, five seed at eight and five. Steelers, six seed, seven and six. Colts, seven and six. The Texans, Broncos, Bengals, and Bills all on the outside at seven and six. Which means, you look at this, the big thing I take away from the Chiefs loss that I didn't mention, Broncos are only a game back yeah. of the Chiefs for that division. And honestly, 
besides the Dolphins and the Ravens, you lose a game the rest of the season, you might drop down out of the playoff picture at this rate. So, yeah. Austin, what's this finish going to be like? What is it? What is going to happen? Um, obviously, I think there are some key things. Can the Chiefs get it going uh, in the AFC? Can they start to figure themselves out? Because, like you said, only one game difference, and the Broncos are hot right now. Uh, for the Texans, uh, the big question is going to be, look, Jacksonville keeps dropping games. Right oh, yeah. Now. Jacksonville keeps on dropping. Um, and Indianapolis just dropped a game this past week. But Indianapolis and Houston are close. And they do play each other, I believe, the last game of the regular season. So, But the big thing for me for Houston is, can you get C.J. Stroud back healthy? Obviously, Tank Dell's done for the season. But if, if C.J. Stroud's going to miss a prolonged time, might be done for Houston. Um, but – That'd be a good thing for Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Obviously, not they're not hoping for injury. Yeah. Um, but the more losses for Houston makes it easier for them. Pittsburgh, when they, can they get Kenny Pickett back? It, it, it's a real question to start asking because they have struggled without him mightily. Don't need the reminder. And Cincinnati, I think the big thing for me with Cincinnati is that Jake Browning's come in. He's got two wins under his belt as a starter now. I was writing this team off. A lot of people were, and now they're in the thick of it in this race. You can't count anybody out right now. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to be said and a lot that's happening there in the AFC, but a lot of teams to keep watching out for, and a lot of it's going to come down to quarterback play down the stretch. Yeah, it really is. Um, Trevor Lawrence getting to play, I think, was big for the Jaguars, even though they lost. Knowing he's able to play through it, that's big for them. Uh, really kind of helps them keep on top in that division in that um, division in the AFC South for right now. At least I think so. Um, but you talk about Colts and Texans not far behind them. And you look at it, the Jags lose their next game, which, by the way, against the Baltimore Ravens, number one seed in the AFC, you lose that game. Colts and Texans both win this weekend. You're looking at a three-way tie for that top of that AFC South. Yeah. And – we go from a few weeks ago when we said Jacksonville looked like one of the be- best teams in the NFL to maybe being out of the playoffs entirely. Yeah, they're they're painting themselves into a corner. They're an exciting young team, but they're making some mistakes down the stretch that could cost them a playoff. Hurt. Yeah, but I mean, I think word for word I said last week was, and we'll look over a playoff picture that I'm sure will change by next week. And I think it's safe to say both the NFC and the AFC have changed dramatically with some of these upsets. Absolutely. A lot of guys back in it that were fighting for their lives right now. And boy, oh boy, it's going to be an interesting finish in the NFL this year. There doesn't seem to be a clear consensus number one team out there, uh, except maybe the Ravens. Maybe the Ravens and maybe the Niners. Really, those are the only two. And even then, I wouldn't say they're clear, like clear. Yeah. But we're going to do some game picks now, and because this is such a chaotic playoff stretch and because there's so many games of meaning, we are picking a lot, Austin. We are picking a lot of games. Current game pick records for the NFL, you are 39 and 28. I fall into 35 and 32. Um, Pick different on some of them, but still, if we're picking so many, we don't know what's going to happen this weekend. But let's start. We're not going to talk about the Thursday night game, Chargers and Raiders. Even though they're both technically still in the hunt for it, I'm already ruling them out of it because Easton Stick, Justin Herbert's out for the year. Easton Stick's going to start for the Chargers. Ain't O'Connell star. I mean, let's just move on for that one. Saturday. Yep, we're doing Saturday NFL games now. Austin, all three Saturday games, massive playoff implications. Very first one, 12 o'clock, 7-6 and six Vikings, 7-6 and six Bengals. Even though they're from two different conferences, both are fighting and know that a loss 
could ultimately end their seasons maybe or make it where they can't win. Nick Mullins versus Jake Browning, like we all predicted in this matchup at the start of the season. Who gets to eight and six, Austin? Uh, I'm going to give it to the Bengals here. Uh, it seems like they've kind of found an identity under uh, Jake Browning that seems to work. And the Vikings have really been just confused and disoriented since the Kirk Cousins injury. Obviously, they've had a couple wins here and there, even last week. That was a 3 nothing victory. Yep. If that if the Vikings play like that against anybody else, it's a beatdown. Um, and I just don't have a lot of confidence in this Vikings team right now, especially with Justin Jefferson. Super questionable and probably not going to play. Yeah, I hate doing it, but I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, just, I think you're right. I like their... I like their identity with Jake Browning. I think he's fit in well there. Shout out to Washington legend Jake Browning. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, and also I just don't know what to expect from Nick Mullins and company. And I mean, as crazy as this, I think the Bengals have like a legitimate chance to be that seven or six or seven seed in the AFC if they can keep on playing like the way they are. Next up, seven and six Steelers, seven and six Colts, three thirty. The sixth seed in the AFC versus the seventh seed in the AFC. And if you're doing the math, what we talked about, both teams are seven and six. You got four teams on the outside of seven and six. This, this game, regardless of who wins, there are going to be some massive changes that might happen before we even reach Sunday. So I'll ask you again, who gets to eight and six in this one? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take, I'm honestly going to take the Steelers in this one. The Colts seem to be kind of struggling down the stretch. I think the Steelers might be able to sneak out a win in this one. This is the most Steeler game I've seen where they drop two in a row to terrible teams. Season's on the line. They're going to find a way to win this game. I It's going to be hideous. I don't know how. They're going to find a way to win it. It's And I don't know if I want them to because the only reason that would get me hyped is if Trace McSorley was playing this game, not Mitchell Trubisky. So, yeah. And he's on the practice squad. Although, hey, if you need more money, Steelers, I will pay it. Just You'll pay, Tracy. I, I will pay for how much will it take for him to move up to the active roster and drop Mason Rudolph? How do we make that work? Probably a couple thousand dollars. I will give you five dollars. <laughs> I will give you five dollars, and I could we could try to make the Trace McSorley song go platinum. Maybe. Yeah. Hey. That, hey, that would do it. Yeah, that that would do it. You tell me, you wouldn't have a guy with a platinum song? You wouldn't have him on the active roster? Get out of here. Uh, but the last one on Saturday, that's a big one. Seven and six Broncos, nine and four Lions in Detroit. Look, for this one for the Broncos, you need it to for the playoffs and to keep up any chance of keeping up with the Chiefs in that division. And the Lions, let's face it, the Chiefs are your biggest fan right now. So this is a big one. The Lions, what are you talking about? Coming off a loss to the Bears, big one for both teams. They look to keep on setting up playoff matchups and just their overall playoff picture. Who wins this one on Saturday night? Uh, well, I think the Broncos have got to be fired up coming in this game. Regardless of who wins Steelers-Colts, they drop to 7-7, seven and seven, and that's going to open up a playoff spot for one exactly. of the on the outside looking in. I'm going Broncos here. I think they're riding hot. Lions are down on their look right now in a bad spot. I think the Broncos take advantage of this position and get, a job, get the job done. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to take the Lions in this one mainly because – of a stat I saw whenever I made my bed the week with the Lions a couple weeks ago. 6-0 and against the spread coming off of a loss. They're a four-and-a-half point favorite. I like them to be able to come out, and maybe they don't cover, but I think they're able to get the win. All right. To Sunday we go, and again, a lot of games on the line. First one, 12 o'clock. We have 6-7 and seven Tampa Bay, 6-7 and seven Green Bay. 
Let's face it again, massive game for the playoffs in the NFC. And a fun fact for you, in 15 matchups in regular season play between these two teams, the Buccaneers are 1-14. and 1-14 and 14 when they play in the regular season, not including the playoffs or anything like that. Regular season, Green Bay has won 14 of the 15 matchups, but they're coming off a loss to a Giants team. Buccaneers coming off a big win that has them in first in the NFC South. Again, so much riding on this one. I think I know where you're going, but what you got? Uh, I'm going with the Buccaneers. I think they've got the right things going for them at the right times. A lot of injuries and just poor play from the Packers right now coming down the stretch, I think it is what's hurting them. Uh, and I think the Buccaneers can come out and take advantage with, again, uh, a team that's a pretty quality team. Yeah, um, I see that, but I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers in this one. Uh, I just don't know if they're <laughs> – I just don't know if they're going to be able to um, – I think they're going to be able to bounce back from that game. I still like where Jordan loves that. I think he's developing well. Plus, I just think the Tampa Bay, and I, again, I just don't know if anyone wants to win this NFC South. So, you know, I really don't know what to expect from it. So that's why I'm going to take the uh, Green Bay Packers to win this game. One final one we're going to do for the afternoon slate before we get in some of the primetime games. Cowboys and Bills in Buffalo. Again, the Bills, the playoffs have already started. Everyone's 7-6, and six, need this game. Cowboys need this game if they want to win the NFC East. So, fun matchups going to be going on in Buffalo. I'm hoping it's going to be snowing. I doubt it will be because life's not fair when it comes to weather for football games. Yeah. Are, is Bill Mafia still rolling here, Austin? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. Like I said, I, they probably should have won that game against the Eagles. They beat the Chiefs now. I think right now they're getting the job done. They're playing their best football. I think they can come out and take advantage of this Cowboys team that maybe gets caught looking ahead, thinking they've got this game won. All right. I'm right there. with. I just think and it's not that same reason, but I just think the Bills, again, they they know their season's on the line. They're going to come out fired up, ready to go. And, yeah, I think, I think they roll in this. I think they actually win by double digits in this one. Uh, just that home crowd factor of it, knowing the season's on the line. I know Dallas is coming off a big win, but, yeah. I'm going to go with the Bills. And Sunday night football, Ravens versus Jaguars in Duval. There's a lot of fun. This is going to be a fun one. Two best QBs in the AFC going at Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. Ravens look to extend their lead for the top of the AFC and control that number one seed. Uh, Jaguars, like we talked about, only one game ahead of the Colts and the Texans. Need this win to stay in control of the division. Who wins this on Sunday night? Uh, I'm going to take uh, the Ravens in this one. Uh, I think the Ravens are just playing their best football, and I think right now that injury to Trevor Lawrence is affecting this team, and they're struggling big time. Yep, couldn't agree more with you. I'm going to go with the Ravens. I just – I hate saying it, but I really, I really like where they're at. They're, they look like – again, if there's going to be a top team in the AFC, I would say it's them right now. Yeah. gummit. I hate saying that. Uh, and our last pick, Monday Night Football, Eagles in Seattle – Number one, that's a tough place to play. That is a tough place to play in Seattle at night. And number two, an Eagles team, two losses in a row. Seattle notes that their season is basically on the line at six and seven. They lose this game pretty much out of the playoff race. It's going to be on Monday night. Who wins? I'm going to take the Eagles in this one in a bounce back performance. Uh, they find their footing and they get the job done against the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are a quality team. They're going to play a good game. I think just with the way the Eagles have played this season, it'll be a close game. 
by default, but I think the Eagles will get the job done when it matters most. Yeah, I hear you, but I'm going with that desperate hunger version for mine. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks for this. I just don't know if I like where the Eagles are at right now, and I overall like this game for Seattle at home on Monday night. I just think they can get it done as long as Geno's playing, which I imagine he will be playing. I don't think he's going to miss two weeks in a row knowing what's on the line. If Drew Locke is playing, flip this pick. I pick the Eagles, but if Geno Smith's playing, I'm riding with Seahawks. So, um, but now let's get to our bet of the weeks for the NFL here. As I pull up our records, we're back to 500 because both of us went, oh, got our picks wrong last week. Dolphins failed you with a late collapse. Bears and Lions over missed by two points. Uh, I was so mad. I was expecting the Lions to show up and they didn't, but that puts you at eight and six on the year. I am at six and eight. We are 14 and 14 on the season with our bet of the weeks. We're right at 500. Let's say we get over two games over 500. What do you think, Austin? Uh, I like the sound of that. So give it to me. Bet of the week, week 15 of the NFL. Uh, I got Chargers Raiders under 34 and a half. Uh, we're talking about a Chargers team that is putting up some awful numbers right now and a Raiders team that did not score a single point last week uh battle of the backup quarterbacks I I think this game is well under 34 and a half well under and it's the big cat actually did pick the over for this earlier so sorry big cat but you know how I be yep mine you know uh how do I say it uh I'm become somewhat of a Tommy DeVito fan I like Tommy DeVito I think his agent is a mob boss he might be I don't no, his dad's awesome. Family story is awesome. And I want their story to continue. Give me Giants plus six against the Saints. I know you don't don't want to hear that for Derek Carr, but I really like it for the Giants. And also have a stat to go with it. Saints are two, eight, and one against the spread as a favorite this season. So yeah, maybe they don't win outright, but hopefully Tommy DeVito and the Giants will cover the spread. But that is going to do it for this NFL episode of the Bull Take Podcast. If you haven't, go listen to the Bull Mania episode. Get into it and hear what our thoughts are before you fill out your game picks for Bull season, which starts on Saturday. But also, Austin, we got playoff games on Saturday. It's going to be a Saturday full of football on that and Razorback basketball, too. Yeah, a whole whole bunch going on this weekend. Yep, and I'm done with finals, so I can actually enjoy all of it and not stress about finals. Woohoo! So that's going to be it for this episode of the Bull Take Podcast. We plan to come out next week, NFL, obviously. But I heard a little birdie say we might be doing an NBA episode. Yeah, I'm going to try and get us geared up and do an NBA episode next week. Again, I don't know if anything happened in the NBA recently or anything. Yeah, probably nothing happening in the NBA right now. Yeah. You know, might as well take a look. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't hurt. You know, I doubt anything. But that's it for this episode. That's Austin Hill. I'm Austin Waiter. We want to thank you for listening.